0: The hell that I was in, I'd do anything to be better. I thought like a lunatic. You gotta just have like that little bit of hope that it will get better. You're gonna make it. This began my surrender. I am a witness of my own growth. It's life beyond your wildest dreams and I just have to say, it works if you work it. My story, that's what I share. You're listening to Far From Finished, a weekly podcast where we share new, real-life stories of hope and triumph told by the people who live them. Today's story comes to us from... Hi, Mason. I went to Desert Hope October 11th, 2016. My clean date is October 7th, 2017. I, went, I was a heroin addict, uh, heroin, meth, anything I could get my hands on, really. Um, I had a pretty good childhood, honestly. It was. Uh, I had my parents, who were young parents, they they were very protective. I, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things when I was young. So it was, it was hard, uh, to have friends and have family around when it was only us three. I also, I'm an only child, so that didn't help. Uh, I had a very controlled environment, uh, with myself and with my parents. It was either you do this or you don't do it at all. Um, when I was, Uh, about 13 I guess I started to realize that there were things out there I um, always told myself I would never be a heroin addict which is hilarious to me now Um, and then all throughout those years I didn't do anything much I touched weed and I touched alcohol for a little bit like maybe a couple times honestly and then I got to be 18 and I got kicked out of my house for cutting my hair because uh, my parents didn't approve of me being gay and then um, I was out for about four months. I moved in with a girlfriend at the time, and we started smoking weed. Ended up a week later, we started doing Xanax. And then about halfway through two weeks, I uh, was in a Xanax blackout and woke up smoking heroin. It was I had just looked up. I remember the foil being my hand and then stuff. I looked over. I said, how many hits have we taken? And they said, Seven. So I was like, okay, this is this is whatever. It felt like Xanax, and then uh, we went back to my friend's house, and I remember chewing on ice, and it being like the most comfortable thing in the world. And that's when I realized, like, this is this is what I like to do, which now I see is stupid. I just liked how it felt, honestly. I wasn't, uh, I didn't get. I was actually away from drugs and everything. I, my friend was straight edge. She was, my, neighbor, she was uh, my best friend. So I moved in with her. And then when I moved out and I moved in with my girlfriend, she was the one who showed me everything. So I, I didn't even smoke weed until I was, like a, profusely, I guess, uh, until I was 18. And then I did two weeks of Xanax, and then I woke up doing heroin. So I, I actually didn't do a lot of drugs until I was 18. Or any, actually, like, hardcore, hardcore. Um, But it took, like, six to eight months of bullshit, realizing that uh, I was accusing people of things because I thought they were stealing money from me. I thought they were doing my drugs. I thought that my girlfriend was cheating on me, and turns out she was, but either way, I was just... I was not myself. And my parents noticed, honestly... They got me to move back in and, uh, they let me, they let me move in and smoke weed. And that's how I got off of it that time. And honestly, I, it wasn't even really my choice again. I was, or my choice, I was, uh, I was doing it for them mostly and smoking weed was a privilege, I guess, uh, at that time, especially cause it wasn't legal in Nevada yet. Um, and I got all my shit together, had a good job. Moved out again, and then um, I got a better job at the Wynn. I was getting $13 an hour, 40 hours a week. And my first day, I showed up on meth and heroin. They didn't even notice. I had already done the drug test. I would already gotten past the hair test. And uh, my first day, I went in uh, on heroin because that's what I felt like it was best. Um, I didn't find it for those mo- year to months until I moved out. And that's the main reason why I didn't do it, because I couldn't find it. I had asked people, and they would be like, don't text me about that. And I'd be like, okay, so I'll just wait longer. Um, and then when I got back on heroin, it took about six months for my parents to realize that I was shooting up by that time. Uh and then a couple months later, they realized that uh, I was, or about one month to two months, I guess, they realized that if I didn't go to rehab, I was going to kill myself. And um, they forced me to go to rehab, honestly. They uh, they told me, if you don't go to rehab, we're going to take your car. You're not going to have a house. You're not going to have a family. You're not going to have anything. And at that time, I did it for my car. So I two days later, I was in Desert Hope, and... I hated it. (laughs) It was not my favorite place. I didn't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the most talkative person uh, around. I usually don't share. I don't, I don't try to uh, associate with people. I don't know unless they talk to me. That's what I was taught. You don't talk until you're talked to. And uh, I actually found myself in rehab and I didn't, I didn't realize that I lost myself in the process of all those years of being depressed and all those years of not, uh, all those years of thinking that those would help me out. I didn't, I lost myself pretty much. The aha moment was, uh, my therapist at Desert Hope. He, uh, he told me you need to start sticking up for yourself and you need to start talking and you start sharing if you don't share that was a project for me was to share and be more open and everything so I would share poems and um, in groups and what made me realize was when I actually shared something and people around me said that it helped them and they realized they not realized they also had felt those ways so I guess having the same things happen to other people made me feel better and it made me not feel like I was crazy or like I was alone for like I was most of my life. So when the when people came and wanted to talk to me and everything, it was a different. It just felt different. I liked it. It felt better than drugs because it it I was sober while these people were talking to me and I wasn't trying to talk to them. I was actually talking. <laughs> um he also told me to start going by the he, him, because I am transgender. Like I realized more of that when I came to desert hope, because I wasn't open about it. And he was like, well, are you, are you not start going by Mason, blah, blah, blah. And I, that ever since then, I've been going by it. So that helped me open up a lot more with that. Also, I'm, I'm also very open with my recovery with like people around me, my friends and family. So that's helped me out a lot because they, they keep me in check. Like I, uh, I have my tag on my key, my key ring and I tell them every, I told my job and everything. If that thing's white, you know, I've relapsed. So they know if I feel like people think it's normal, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to lie for, I've been at a job for a year and a couple months now, and I've only been six months over. I've, I've only been about 6 months over so I was using while at work and they di- they didn't care. They knew they didn't care. So now that I have my tags and everything I'm telling them like, "Hey, if this is gone, I'm probably fucking up." But yeah, that's it's pretty much to keep me accountable for. IOP was IOP is the reason um I started wanting to be a part of uh desert hope and, uh, solutions and all of that, like come back and do the meetings and come back and, uh, do these podcasts and things because of the fact that the people around here actually cared about us. And then the people around me that I did go with, they, they reminded me of myself. And now that I come back uh, sometimes at holidays and things, I know, that there's people that are still like, I I don't, I don't really know how to talk, to talk about IOP because it was just a really good time for me, honestly. I knew I, w- after rehab though, I knew I wasn't going to last because uh, I had already planned after rehab, after getting out, I was going to relapse. I, it was just a plan I already had. Um, I relapsed two days after I got out of 64 days of being in treatment. And uh, I didn't, what? Time, when did I get out of treatment? January 12th. I lost the job at the Wynn February, February 12th. I was back for two weeks, and then I nodded out in front of a customer. And uh, they they fired me for that. I got terminated. And um, took about three more months to find another job. Or it took two months to find another job. And uh, I was using pretty heavily there. There was a couple times where I almost got fired for uh Being sick because I wasn't on the drug, I had called out a lot. I'm surprised I even have this job, honestly, because I had called out at least twice a week, every other week. It wasn't for me. I I didn't do it for myself. I did it for my car. I did it for my girlfriend. I did it for my parents. And then when I got out of rehab, I got, I moved back in with my parents, which wasn't the healthiest environment for me. And I, it was two days later and I was just like, fuck it. I want to get high. This isn't fun. It's not worth it. Like I'm not around. Like I went from being around people that I had loved and they felt, I felt loved me to back to, back to my controlled environment where I had to be this way or it's not right. So a lot of it developed. What wow, like in those two days, unfortunately, I was got really heavy in meth and meth makes you a fucked up person. At least it made me a fucked up person. I don't know about everybody, but I, uh, at that time, I, okay. So when I went to rehab, I had a girlfriend. When I left rehab, I still had a girlfriend. And then a couple months later, I did not have a girlfriend, but I still kept in touch with this girl who I still keep in touch with now, who's sober also, um, now, at that time that I was looking to get sober, she was the main reason why. Because I fucking lost myself arguing with her. And I realized, well, I didn't lose myself arguing with her. I lost myself previously, but I realized I lost myself. It wasn't my parents telling me. It wasn't anybody else telling me. It was me. And I I literally look back and I'm like, what the fuck were we doing? I got an argument with her because she to, I was sitting out in the sun in the hot summer sun, hundred and like eight degrees waiting for some fucking dope that she had in her house that I was outside of her house for two hours. I didn't have any contact with her. So I was just sitting out there and uh, I was trying I was banging on the doors. I was doing whatever. And she had my cell phone inside the house because it was charging. So I couldn't go in the house at all. So I was banging on the doors, banging on the windows, just calling their names, the two people that were in there. And then finally I just said, fuck it. This is so stupid. I've been waiting two hours. It's fucking hot. I'm in the sun. There's no shade. And I I go to the backyard. I open the sliding glass door and I run in, get my phone, run out. And I'm calling her and she's like, how do you have your phone? I'm like, I just ran in your fucking house. And she's like, you broke into my house? I was like, no, I didn't break into your house. Your sliding glass door is open. It's unlocked. And you know I'm outside. And she's like, you fucking broke into my house. And I go back to the sliding glass door and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's just like, get the fuck out of my house. Get out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, give me my dope. Like, that's when I realized I had I was I needed to get sober because of the fact that I was more concerned on the dope than I was her well-being, because apparently she fell in the shower. I was caring about that and not I didn't give a fuck about either of them. And then some other stuff happened, and I walked home, called her mom, went off, and she went to rehab. And I had talked to my parents about going back to rehab, but since it didn't work the first time, they wanted to do it their way. And uh, I, w- I had to get sober on my own. So I, it took me about two months. In two, From July 3rd to October 7th, I had relapsed for 10 days. So it, it took me those 10 days to realize with those 10 days of using to realize like, this isn't even fun anymore. This is just something I need to do to have my day go. And then October 7th, it was the last time I touched it all. And, uh, I think the worst thing about it is just like using dreams now. I did a lot of vitamins. Um, like I looked up like what vitamins you need to for heroin withdrawal because I had to do it cold turkey. So I looked up uh like St. John's Wort for depression, uh, L-theanine to relax your body when it instead of your mind. Um, I got a lot of melatonin because I could not sleep. I, it was I think I didn't sleep for a week and a half. Like I was just up. My mom actually slept in my room because I couldn't sleep. Um I got Saint John's word. Alcinine and 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 then uh there's another one that I forgot the name of, but it, it helped with body a lot of the body aches. Um I went to the one meeting a week that I go to the alumni meeting and I share every so often. That helps me out a little bit and I write a lot. Um, I used to do a lot of poetry. Right now I have a little bit of writer's block, but i that's what helps me out is journaling and poetry and just like little novels. I've, ha- I've had my parents tell me they're proud of me for uh, doing the right things, which I guess is a success. Um, I, In the six months that I've been sober, uh, I got shift lead and then I got assistant manager and now I'm co-GM at uh, one of the sub shops here in Vegas. And, uh, I'm going to be able to run the store within, I uh, hopefully within four or five months. Um, that I have three keys to three different stores of, uh, the sub shops. Um, I got my car back, uh, cause, uh, I wasn't paying for it for a year and they, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we can't do that. We can't pay for your car for a whole, like forever. So I took over my payments again. I took over all my payments actually. Um... I, I don't know. I gained friends that are better than what I had before. I, I've gained a uh, family back. I've, I've gained myself. I've gained self-confidence and I've, uh, I've gained opening up. I've just gained, gained happiness, honestly. Like I'm, I'm more at peace than I ever was. Like I don't want to kill myself anymore. And I think that's the most successful thing I've done.